Welcome to the OFM podcast where metabolic health matters. And today we're not just going to talk about metabolic health, but why it matters for performance, but how this can have a plethora of other benefits because there's nobody else doing it better. There's there's lots of people doing it probably as well, living the dream like Peter, but there's nobody um, doing it better than Peter Mortimer. He's he's essentially living a, what we call that low OFM lifestyle, where you're just living to the fullest in every aspect of your life. So welcome, Peter, once again. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic to have you again. And and originally, I wanted to have this after Mogi on Monster, which you and you which you won, and then all of a sudden it rolled into Man Against Horse and Havelina Hundred, which you won again, and was was the only other person besides our other friend Nick Curry to have beaten the horses outright. Yeah, pretty proud of that one. Yeah, um, you you should yeah. be too. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. actually say I'm faster than horse now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you're just a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll take both. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Peter, welcome. And I think what I want to do is just have a rambling conversation, but you know, maybe directed because we got listeners. We don't want them to get bored with us. But this is really a conversation about not just your OFM journey, but what it's kind of led to in terms of just being able to. Balance, find that work-life balance and life in general and really kind of live life to the fullest. Um, and I think that you kind of exemplify that. And it doesn't take away from our other athletes we've worked with to help them get that performance pushed. To, and they're also living it. But it's like, you know, you've got pretty much a lot of things going on, right? So tell me, t- tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of not your, not just your athletic accomplishments, but what you all have going on in your life. Yeah, so um, I'm I, I work for a medical device company, Striker Orthopedics. It's a uh, I've been in this business for over 20 years. Um, I've been with like one or two other companies, but uh, yeah, it's basically the same thing. I'm going into surgery. I'm working with the surgeons. I'm bringing all like instrumentation, implants in, and because I work at many different hospitals, there's a lot of travel involved, um, and my schedule is never the same. Every single week, it's different. Um, I mean, and, and, and it varies. even though you might have a schedule, that can change based on surgery times, et cetera, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, they change schedules around. There's add-ons. And so I have, I've been, I haven't had a set schedule since 2003. <laughs> and why does that not surprise me? <laughs> so, um, so it kind of i've gotten used to it obviously doing it over 20 years and um it's it kind of plays into my uh my manic lifestyle i guess because that's just my work side of it you know i've got a family life uh, i have a wonderful partner siska um i have a son and i will i will vouch for that siska is amazing she is she's she is i i don't like i don't like the word partner she's your love she is she is. Okay. I don't know what word. I feel like I would say girlfriend, but then that's kind of like, you know, you're in high school and partner, but that kind of can go. But it's kind of nice. The girlfriend thing is kind of nice because you still, yeah. y- y'all, you both have that inf- infatuation for each other. Yeah. But it's like, it's like for me as an outsider looking in at you guys' relationship, I see that, see how you guys are just 
oh so admiring of each other. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and we both we both, you know, really because we admire and we care much for each other. We just we talk a lot and we're always connecting and we don't argue. We just we're we're always there for each other. So it's that's because she's just quiet and she gets her way in the end. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and and also your your relationship kind of goes is aligned with the whole thing of opposites attract because here you are doing everything you're doing and here she is getting her accounting degree going to be a cpa yeah really yeah. loves getting into the numbers <laughs> he's definitely more the introvert i'm more extrovert for sure but um yeah you know I've, I've helped her break out of her shell over the years and um, and then there's times when i like to i like it quiet and she's she keeps me grounded it's good yeah 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 tell us about what else you got going you got two so, two kids now that are teenagers yeah. adults uh, yeah, my daughter, she's 19. She's done with high school. My son's graduating uh, next year, 2024. So um, got that on my plate. And then, uh, and then, you know, besides the running, I'm doing volunteering, teaching uh, as well. So it's yeah, many spinning plates. Not to mention your two Basset Hounds, Homer and... Larry, Larry and Homer. Larry and yeah. Homer, yes. Yeah. That's... That, they, that's... They keep me grounded. They're low. Yeah, yeah, they're low. Yeah, they're low to the ground. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have this full life, John. You guys just bought a home. Yep. Um, in the end of the end of twenty twenty two, I think it was. You guys are now homeowners. Yeah. So it's great. We've we've spent the last you know year and a half, whatever it is, and just going to town. I mean, it's it's unrecognizable from from what it was. So we had a deck built and you know done the yards and just we keep we've had you know walls kicked out and <laughs> so this was a fixer upper when you got it Not really but it just there was a few things that we wanted to change to make to make it our own and it had a i had a lot of a potential when, I, when it was a brown box when i bought it and, and now it's you know blue it's got a beautiful deck going around like great view of mount eldon and you know didn't you guys paint the front door an interesting color too the front door is uh, red. It's, red. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very, uh, very English colors. Union Jack. In fact, I got a Union Jack flag flying in the front yards. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, good. You, you can't miss it going down yep. the street. That's for sure. Okay. Well, fantastic. And so you had a. Let's recap your season of racing this year because you're you're kind of like pretty much done for the season right you might pick up a race or two here but but you're yeah, kind of like got your kinda, big races out out of yeah, under you well i consider my i consider it over i mean i have a marathon in december that i'm going to try and eq on but i'm not you know that's not really too big on my radar <laughs> so what what were your races this year let's recap in case the audience doesn't know it i'll let you recap them because oh. you can do a better job than i did i'll just add commentary yeah, I had, um, well, I started off, um, I did the Tarawera 100 in New Zealand. Uh, and actually, this was one of, I was probably one of the most proud of this race because I got, I got eighth place, so top 10. And that's a world stage event. So to me, that was a huge, a huge deal. Um, and a lifetime trip. I'd never been to New Zealand and running out there. It was just, it was fantastic. Um, and then I rolled that into, from there, I had my spine race on the horizon. 
And so I did a couple of small races before that. I jumped in the canyons under mile, which I bowed out at a hundred K because of heat. And my, I had a bad twist on my ankle, my ankle and like had a few problems leading up to that because I was going up and down the mountain a bit too much. And so, no. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I, I I got out 100K, but it didn't bother me. It wasn't like... Yeah, it was a training run, right? It was a supported training run. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I did a 50-miler, which I carried my full pack. It was like a 20-pound pack with me out in Colorado. And then that led into uh, my big big race of the year, which is the uh, the Montane Spine Race um, in 268-mile race across northern England. Um, Did pretty well there. Got second place. Yeah. Now tell us about, tell us, let's do a quick recap. Uh, Cause you did that on jet lag, right? You, you arrived there and just went, went full bore with family and everything else and never got yourself yep. acclimated. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, it was it literally lands, see family up all night and then the next day registration. And then the next day was race start. And, um, and you paid fit- a big price, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My, my fitness was, phenomenal it was just uh you know i just i'd never been that sleep deprived and i battled it for the first you know half of the race just trying to catch up and, and you I even finally, had a you even had hallucinations yeah was that the, the first time you've had hallucinations first and only i mean that was my fifth 200 plus mile race never had a hallucination and always been pretty lucid yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That, that hit me hard yeah, the disruption of circadian rhythm is just brutal. Yeah, you know, on your physiology, but but then you sort of kind of came back, and 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 in the back half of the race, you were racing with three or four other guys. Really, I mean, the, the, from second to fifth was a pretty tight race for a while. Yes, yeah, I would say in the beginning we were we were a lot closer, and then I started pushing ahead. But then when the sleep started to to take its hold on me, um, I would just. I would get to these checkpoints because the checkpoints were about 50 plus miles apart. So you were out there for a long time and I would come in and I would just, I, I would just start crashing out. And it got to the point where they asked me if like, do you want me to set a timer? And I was like, no, because first was long gone and well, well more equipped, like very, very familiar with the trail. You know, he's done it before. And so I was just trying to keep my wits about me. I mean, it's, it's a hard enough running a race 200 plus miles, but you have no navigational markers. You know, you go on map and compass and look at signs. You're running across open face mountains. You got to have your wits about you. So I, I would just come into these eight stations and just, I would just crash out. I'm like, I'm going to wake up when I wake up. And then I'd wake up and I'd see third place roll in. I'm like, I better take off. And then I'd go off again. And <laughs> that's kind of how it played out for the rest of the race. Um, okay so you kind of were able to manage you actually did the the smart thing and manage yourself pretty well yeah yeah i mean it's my whole my whole quote is always manage expectations and i looked at where i was and i'm like okay well there's no sense in giving up or anything like that it's just keep pushing forward and you know try and keep yourself as lucid as possible um yeah, not to was, ma- not to mention seeing that big man hallu- in your hallucination probably scared you <laughs> scared you straight that was that was something out of a horror movie so uh, for those like you know that haven't heard the story it was uh, after day 1 i was coming to the bottom of this 
this river section where you literally are rock hopping along this river for like miles. And as I, before I got down there, I, I was looked up and I saw this, it was like an albino man, his eyes are red and that's, very, very that's, pale. There's and a movie with that scene in it. Maybe, maybe that plated. I have no idea where it's from. But I've seen, I've seen he, that clip. I've seen that section. I can't remember what movie it was from. Well, he had like a a top hat and a monocle, like a monocle. Like it sees like his red eyes, and then you know a sheer white tuxedo, and he was on a, a white bicycle, and he was giving me the uh, come hither with his finger. Oh, I just stopped and I just was staring and I was like, this is, I'm having a mental breakdown. I was like, I know this isn't real, you know, right now. And I'm just staring, staring. And finally I just shook it off and kept going. But that was, that was the first kind of, oh shit moment because I'd only made it the further the first night and I'd never experienced anything like that. And so I'm like, I mean, this is going to be tough. Okay. Let's see. You see what this is? I think I Prometheus. That's the movie. Okay, Prometheus. That's the uh, alien prequel, or is right, it? Right, right. Let Ready me. Spot, I think. Yeah, and I think he does a come hither in the in the scene, but oh, it's, it's really <laughs> like those guys are like massive, like right, very muscular. This guy was like more like Slender Man. <laughs> okay. It, it, it just, you know, it was like, gosh, Prometheus waterfall scene. Yeah. Oh, that's when he falls apart. <laughs> yeah. I've seen this movie a few times. <laughs> okay. Well, that's probably part of it. And you probably had Colonel Clink from Hogan's Heroes. There you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of like, here we go. I'm going to put this picture up for people to see because we'll share this. Yeah, this one right here. There you are, Peter. That's that's that. that oh, was yeah. your uh, that was your event. Yeah, right there. Maybe a few more clothes, but right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, um, yeah, yeah. So so you you knocked out a second, and then then what did you do after? You went with family. You had your kids with you, I think. Yeah, we went. So because I was running behind mama race and we had already had a kind of a schedule with the family and stuff i sent them up to edinburgh which i was gonna as soon as i finished the race i literally just i packed up all my gear and i went straight to the train station hopped on the train to edinburgh put my stuff in the locker did a tour all day and then grabbed all my stuff in the locker went hopped on another train and then proceeded to crash out finally like probably the best way on the train from Edinburgh to London. And then the next several days were just kind of a whirlwind tour, just going around the city. So after doing an over, how many, how long was that race? The spine race, 200, how many miles? 268. 260. Yeah. So you do a 268 mile run, run. Yeah. Um, and then do a tour of Edinburgh and then sleep and then tour around London, mostly on foot, I imagine, right? Oh, yeah. Because Absolutely. The, yeah. the traffic we, in we, London is epic. Yeah, we took we took the tube, but yeah, yeah. pretty much every, walking everywhere. So, so you got you had a lot of active recovery. I did, and uh, I had to manage my swelling pretty well because you know, at that point it was just <laughs> it was a lot of swelling. 
you know, yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. You got you know, the edema, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I always worry about the flight back with that sort of stuff too. But um, the active recovery from all the walking actually helped. I just kept my feet elevated at night, and uh, eventually, they, by by the next by two days later, I was just back to my full speed. Cool, cool. And then, so you did that, and then what happened after? What was spine spine race led to? So after the spine, I uh, came back and um, probably had I, to work a little bit. Yeah, back to work. Uh, I attempted a ten summit uh, on Mount Humphreys. Um, and it was it was a very hot day, and I I made it five times, which is the most I'd done it in one push. But um, it was just far too hot. I, all the extra water I took up there was gone by, you know, the third summit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, it was just it got to a point I was like, I'll try this again in the fall. Uh, I that that's been a tough tough go. I mean, that's still a goal of mine is to hit ten in a row, but. It's, uh, I have, I've learned that I have to treat it like a race. It's so incredibly technical and hard and you have to be so patient on it. And I mean, even now as I'm closing in on my final summits for my 52 year goal, it's, it's getting to a point where it's, I mean, it's hard. It's like, I got to go out there again, but I only have like six more to go. Right. It's just, it's getting colder. You know, there's less people up there, which I don't mind, but you kind of like someone to talk to every once in a while. And then as it gets colder and more covered in ice and, and then eventually snow, it's, you know, it just takes longer. Yeah. Yeah. So you came back and worked and was Mogion Monster the next race you did? Yeah. Yeah. Went to, jumped into Mogion 100 in September. Um, didn't have a lot of expectations with that one. Um, I just kind of went in to finish it because I had uh, in previous years, the first time I did it, um, I signed up because I needed a hard rock qualifier, but I had done Bigfoot just uh, like, I don't know, a couple weeks earlier. And then after I finished it, they made Bigfoot a, a hard rock qualifier. So Mogan didn't matter anymore. So I did 40 miles and my feet were, my knees and feet were just done. Uh, and th then I came back and then I had a really bad allergy attack, um, which I'd never experienced before. It was a big rain year for us and the pollen was just insane. Oh, the, the pine dust, the, the yeah. white, the, the yellow pine pollen. Yeah. But the trail is so overgrown. And so, you know, you sweat and your pores open up and all that pollen just like, I was just getting super swollen. I couldn't talk, lost my voice. And wow. You know, Eventually, they just pulled me in. So, yeah, when I went back this year, I, I took a, a Zyrtec <laughs> at the beginning of the race. I was like, all right, let's do this thing again. And uh, I just, I ran it smart. You know, it's still hot, um, but, you know, I, I've been put through plenty of uh, heat races, you know, yeah. a lot of years. <laughs> yeah, you wound up first. Yeah, yeah. So, did quite well there. I was happy with that and got my hard rock qualifier out of the way okay okay and then yeah from there i went to man against horse a couple weeks later and how, how that tell, tell us about that well mogion yeah. let's let's back up to mogion mogion is not an easy hundred it's it's pretty brutal isn't it yeah it's it's very technical um it's it's super rocky overgrown it starts off the heat and then you get the monsoons come in um it, yeah it's just you can't 
you can't let up for a minute. You know, it's one of those courses like like her. You're just always looking where you're putting your feet. Uh, except on, on some of the fire roads up top, there there that's when you get a break. But also like all the climbs are just insanely technical. So that's but that's that sounds a lot like the Angeles Crest course. It's relentless. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but you know, I train on Humphreys all day long and that's the same type of thing. You're running on technical hundred percent. So I just, I knew if I was going to do well, I would capitalize on my climbing skills and, and descents. And when I got to the fire roads, I would push it because I knew I could make, that's when I could make up the time. So, um, and, and that's what I did. It, it worked out well. Uh, saw a mountain lion. That was pretty exciting. Cool. How far away? <laughs> Uh, 50 feet. Oh, wow. Was, I saw the tail and it was two in the morning. I was at the bottom of this, you know, bottom of, uh, I think it was the turkey climb and like the last really big relentless climb going up. And then I saw a tail and I looked over and then I saw it was huge. And I, I tried not to panic. I just kept going. I'm like, you know, you stop, you get eaten. And so it was like my motivation for getting out of that climb. But um, definitely the biggest one I've seen. Wow, cool, very cool. But you won it. You got won it, and on a, as a bonus, you got your hard rock qualifier. And That's it, right. it, didn't the the isn't it open now for the hard yeah, rock I put, open? I put in. Not okay. hold my breath, but yeah, yeah. nobody nobody holds their <laughs> breath till they get in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And then now we're we're going to man against horse. Yeah. And that was kind of a, a last minute sign up. I think I signed up the week of, which I generally do at that race. I try and squeeze it in if I can. It's, it was my first 50 mile race years ago. And um James Wane, the race director, shot me a text and I was like, yeah, I might be able to make that work. But the, the problem with it this year is it normally falls on the like Columbus Day weekend and they they changed it and it fell on Havelina weekend, which I was uh, volunteering for. And so I was like, oh, I don't know if I could, maybe I'll just do the 25 and then bounce out and then go do volunteering. And I was like, I think I could get the 50 done. So that's what I did. Well, you were in pretty good shape. I remember looking at your training and your Humphreys ascent. I mean, you were coming off, you were, it was like what five six weeks after mogion yep yeah yep. you were at that you were peaking again yeah yeah, yeah. No, i i definitely was was feeling good and i felt like i had a good hard effort and um yeah I, I just wanted to go out there and and just try and run the best race i could and and my my ultimate goal is to go under eight hours which i did um and uh, what was the time it's like seven thirty-five. Seven thirty-five over fifty yeah. miles of pretty pretty interesting terrain, right? Yeah, it's um it starts off pretty in a wash, and you're kind of on some of these you know double track out in the the farm area on Fane Ranch, and then you end up going up into Mingus Mountain where it gets you know single track, and then it starts getting technical. Um, and it was very very rocky this year, a lot more than than previous years. Um, which is also why I'm like, okay, I'm good at technical and kind of the opposite of what we we're talking about Magyan. Like I'm not going to make anything on the fire roads against the horses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On well, the we we, we had a, we had a wet winter and a, and a good monsoon season. So that would, would account for the yeah. 
rough rough technical trails yeah so i on those technical trails i i was just going balls to the wall because i i knew i'm like i have the footing the horses don't and this is where this is where i capitalize on it and got a little turned around which i've done you got some times. bonus miles right yeah yeah they had a a bike course going on a race or something going on this year and they were using the same pink flags and i actually got to a, a critical i should have gone straight but it looked like a critical turn and they had three bikers like hanging out at the intersection and they were fixing a tire and so i just saw the pink flags going to the left and i just kind of went with it and about a mile down and i was like yeah this is really pretty but i don't think this is right so fortunately i had to just climb back up and it was a little deflating because i was making such great time but then got to the next aid station no one had been through i'm like well this is your chance you know make up some time so i just kept pushing and how many minutes now in the end at the end when they when they added in the vet when they took out the vet stops how many minutes ahead of the horses did you finish 23 minutes or 21 minutes something like that yeah it's in the yeah. 20 minute range yeah so yeah. they get an hour and 15 minute buffer so you got to wait that long at least to see if you beat them and then it was like an additional yeah 20 minutes yeah yeah it's a little, a little over 20 minutes you buffer you had on them yep yeah well, that's fantastic and then what happened let's because this is leading into this whole lifestyle thing <laughs> <laughs> i uh well, i hung around for the horses and then uh, i took off and went down to phoenix put on my halloween costume and uh got on a got to the javelina race and then took the shuttle out to jackass junctions just started cooking for the next six hours barbecuing i, I mean I, i'd spent two days prior prepping all the meat and food for runners and uh, definitely the busiest year we've had up there because you know definitely post-covid it's busier now and they had the 31 a night race going on so it was it was pretty hopping <laughs> that food wow. went quite quick <laughs> and what were you serving up at pete's meats uh i did some tri-tip did some new york strip steaks um I like several, like some teriyaki chicken, honey mustard chicken, spring rolls, pork belly. Oh, um, wow. Pork belly. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I, I try and up the ante each year. I just, oh, a spatacopita, did that. And uh, yeah, it was good stuff. As soon as I finished that, got a shuttle back to the main uh, headquarters there at the race, threw on my running gear again, and then, uh, one of my good friends and surgeon that I work with, he was doing his first hundred miler race out there. Uh, so I paced him on his last 20 miles through the night. Um, it was pretty special. And, uh, oh, cool. and it was, is, he, is he one of your clients? Um, kind of just loosely, like, I don't, you know, I, I've just kind of over the years, I just, we, we go talk a little bit back, back advice, you know, nutritionally or okay. um, through, uh, yeah, just kind of, I build him kind of a loose plan and yeah, he's executed it. I mean, he's just, he's very driven and, um, he's got five kids and he's, you know, what was he Mormon? He, no, no, a Catholic. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, he's, he's busy, you know? Uh, so for him to, to make all that time to get it done, I was, I was really impressed. Um, well, wow. So you, so you, and did, where, where did you spend the night, the night, Saturday Friday night before man against horse? Did you drive down from Flagstaff that morning or did you? Spend yeah, just, 
I, I drove. I, I woke up at 4 a.m. and just so you started your day at 4 a.m. on Saturday. Drove to a Prescott. Yeah. yeah. Ran a 50 mile race. Then yeah. drove to the east side of of the Phoenix area. Yeah. To McDowell Mountain. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I you know I, I know this scene when you're listening to it now it's like what the hell was I doing? <laughs> I know. Well, I know. even that. After I finished pacing, I, I went straight out to breakfast with, with some friends that were visiting that I hadn't got to see during the race. And yeah, I, at 11 o'clock a.m. rolled around and I was like, I got to take a nap in the car or something. So I, I went out, I crashed out for an hour, but um, I then drove home. And when I got home, I think I got home at like 4 p.m. or something and I slept till 7 a.m. the next day. <laughs> I mean, solid sleep just out you know well and so you prep so you you basically got a rep you got a quote-unquote reputation at, at javelina now for your peach meats but but another facet of this includes your dressing up so i'm gonna i'm gonna share <laughs> some of this with the audience because we got to kind of get this in here yeah i like dressing up it's fun yeah and and it's fun when i'm when it, I dress up well enough to people don't know who I am. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> I get a lot of the afterwards like messages. That was you? Yeah. Okay. But here we are. What, who was this this year? That was that the oh, Mercury? No, no, that was uh, that was actually across the years. Um, oh. I just that was <laughs> they just told me to throw on that outfit. It was um, <laughs> okay. it was his outfit, and then they like just told me to throw it on. So I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, here's here's a, this yeah. is there's your Freddie Mercury. Yeah, Freddie Mercury. That, that was, was I heard that was legend, right? Yeah. <laughs> I I did a few costume changes with that that year. It was good. Oh, okay. There's more pictures out there, huh? Oh yeah. This Freddie Mercury was living pretty well too, and here's your yeah. Borat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was another good one. Yeah. <laughs> People definitely didn't know it was me that year. <laughs> I know. I know. It was like, who is yeah. this guy? And then this is this is you this year is John Wick. And you, you did a pretty damn good imitation. I would have I would have yeah. maybe dyed the little gray out of that beard and you probably would have been right on. Yeah, I was I was pretty crunched on time. <laughs> yeah, beagle, yeah. I had a dog sitting around there somewhere, the little beagle, but <laughs> okay. And and yeah. in the background there is the grill, as you can yeah. see, it's full of meat. Yep, this is not a vegetarian vegan friendly uh post. <laughs> we keep it uh, separate. You can see over there on the right there. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I know they, they have their own stuff. <laughs> By the way, did did they solve the gender issue at Havelina? I don't I I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I'm not touching that one with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> well, I mean, remember what happened last year, right? With Nicole Bitter? Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's difficult times we're in. We got to. I, I just, I just was wondering how they, how they, you know, how they'd have, how they'd have, if they'd change something to kind of make sure that people, you know, if you, if you declare one thing, that's what you, you are. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think people are in all different sports. They're dealing with that sort of thing right now. So yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Two two males like us shouldn't touch this with ten foot pole. I know, I know, I know, I know. You're right. You're right. Let's move on. Yeah. So, so you're you know you're able to dress up every year and do this, but this year was particularly special, right? I mean, you, you had you got before, drove to Prescott from Flagstaff, ran fifty miles hard. Um, 
won the race, then drove your ass to from Prescott all the way to the other side to McDowell Mount, which is on the far east side of Phoenix yeah. and Fountain Valley. Got grabbed a shuttle out, and I guess you had a, some other people helping you to support you, so they had the stuff out there already. Uh, oh, I had to. I had it all in my car. Oh, wow! Unloaded it all in the truck, and then unloaded it when I got there. Unloaded it back into the truck, and then there's there's not very many shuttles that go out there as remotely. And then when my shuttle came to pick me up at like you know one o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, um, they were full of these just giant vats of water, like giant water jugs and so oh, wow. we had to unload all of those and that's the point my legs were like all right i've kind of had enough of this today <laughs> yeah wow but, wow yeah it was it was fine yeah so you know let's talk about this because the the same advantages you're enjoying in your your pursuit of ultra running have huge benefits beyond it in terms of other aspects of your life so talk about that a little bit yeah i mean again having a schedule that's just all over the place i don't know when i'm going to be able to eat um obviously i'm dealing with you know work kids family and co athletes that i'm coaching um so like even mood like you know i'm uh, always has to be there and i like the the running keeps me level but it's the diet that i think really keeps me you know even keeled across the board you know i'm able to do these things on you know these amazing efforts on just so little calories throughout my day it's like you know i don't have to worry about eating breakfast i don't i never like getting that starvation mode you know? right you eat when you eat when it's time to eat right exactly and then uh, and it's kind of like we've talked about, like feast or famine. You know, it's sometimes sometimes well, it's, only it's, it's, it's feasting and fasting, really. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly. feast or famine. It's feast and fa uh, feast right. and fasting. Right. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm always I have a big dinner every night. That's that's the one thing. You know, eat plenty of protein, um, tons of vegetables. When we say protein, it's like like when I came over there and we talked about, but we talked before, and I came to your house. Mm -hmm. several years ago but you know it's basically you know some sort of red meat a lot of times yeah some vegetables yep. i'm sure yep. there's chicken and fish and other yeah but it's, I mean, it's whole, whole food protein sources yeah that's it it's whole food proteins whole food vegetables like all the oils i use olive oil butter you know avocado mm -hmm. oil that sort of thing and then yeah and then i season season the shit out of everything <laughs> you know so you got plenty of sodium yeah, exactly. Well, it's, you know, I'm putting in big efforts, you know, going up mountains all the time and obviously eating a whole food type diet, you're not getting in a lot of sodium. So um, I make it a point to, to get it on my food. And, but yeah, I just, I feel great all the time. And again, I don't, I don't generally eat breakfast. I'll, I won't, I'll have a coffee in the morning and I'm normally set. If, if I do eat something, mid-afternoon it's probably like one or two in the afternoon and just something small just to hold me over dinner yeah and also with the erratic work schedule um this 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 metabolic state allows you flexibility it's like yep. you can you can go into an operation even if you haven't eaten and maybe even take a vespa and just get hydrated right you know it's oh, yeah. water water and element in a, in a vespa and you're good for say a 
several hour operation because sometimes these orthopedic surgeries can take a while, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. You never know how long. I mean, generally they should only be an hour or hour and a half, but sometimes you're in these long revision cases and you don't know how long they're going to take. So, yeah. um, but and then you know, aside from just the surgery itself, like we have like setup that we have to do for it, moving implants from one hospital to another, instrumentation, that sort of thing. And then I have the whole clinic side. I have to go into uh, clinics, upload CT scans so we can have like patient specific models made for them. So there's just a lot of ins and outs in that. So I, I don't have time to to think about eating. I just I just focus on the work. And then when I'm done with the work, then it's like I haven't eaten anything today or it's almost time for dinner. So And that's to me, that's a great way of I, I love it going through life. I don't want to worry about, you know, what I'm going to put in my belly or when I have to put it in my belly, you know, just regular. Yeah, and before you got, when, before you started on the whole Vespa FM program, uh, you were, and you were using the, the more, shall we say, the more conventional approach to ultra running. How was it? I was, I had a horrible diet. It was, it was terrible. I mean, I was, I was working out a lot and, but I was just, wasn't really eating as clean as I should but, be. But dude, did you notice the ups and downs? Did it make life a little bit more challenging and more emotional? And Sure. I, I think, you know, I tell people all the time, you don't know how shitty you feel because you feel it all the time. Yeah. And then you break out of it and then you're like, okay. And like, I feel it now more when I have get off the wagon. Yeah. Get off the wagon. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the occasional beer and pizza with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like after a big race, not right away, but like a couple of days after. And it's like when I was in England, a couple of days after. Oh, we God, went the to, English food. Yeah. So great. <laughs> so great. <not. laughs> so, well, we, went, we went to Camden Market. It's this huge, huge like shopping you know, area. And like the I loved it because my sister and all, all my family was there and everyone just went shopping. And I hate shopping, but I love food. And they just have just restaurants that's just all just like food trucks and everything. And I just ate myself my way across that thing. It was just like I'd have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I finally gotten my appetite back. And I'm like, I'm gonna enjoy it because I'm here and I, you know, this is my cheap time. But fasting and feasting. Oh, that's right. Um, but yeah, I God, did I feel awful the next day. <laughs> <laughs> just absolute shit. Just oh, but yeah. So yeah, it's it's I I do think that you really need to kind of go through the the OFM method to kind of realize like okay this is this is how I should feel all the time and then break away from it for a bit and then you know it's like cutting stuff out and then reintroducing it you know yeah. you quickly I, find out this is not good for me <laughs> no and you know back in the early days when I was working with the early adopters one of them one of the first ones was Jenny Capel. I don't know if you know out of Reno. She's no. she's one of the old she's one of the old runners. And when I say old, she's she's 50, but her father ran Western States and then she's ran Western States and a bunch yeah. of other races. She's trying to get into hard rock too, by the way. Uh, but anyway, um when Jenny came to me, John Olson sent her to me and, and I told her she, you know, you got to get rid of the bread. She goes, I can't get rid of the bread. I love bread. I said, no, you got to get rid of it. So I got her off the bread and, uh, and we got her transitioned. 
yeah. and I said, I said, go have beer, go out. It's okay. Go out and have some beer and pizza with the friends. And then, you know, Monday she calls me back and goes, I'll never do that again. Yeah. I mean, not like <laughs> never, but you know, yeah. it's it like, hurts. Yeah. It, yes. You know, yeah. because now she's sensitized, you know, because you take yeah. away all that inflammation, yeah. that chronic you feel it in your joints, you feel it just kind yeah. of, and and I, I, I tell you, I have I have some people or like the, that I coach and they're like gluten intolerant that sort of thing. But it's the same reason like they can't eat the bread over here. You go over to Europe, totally fine. It's all like the preservatives and the crap that's in the food over here. Um, and that's yeah. that's what I I mean. It's I've been thinking about it a lot lately and just it's driving me nuts. I mean, you have to be so diligent about looking at a label these days for like what you're putting in your body and like the way they mark and advertise things and you, you can buy mayonnaise for example it says made with avocado oil and you turn it over and the first ingredient is canola oil or soybean oil yeah, yeah. and then they it's put just, a smir smattering of olive oil or yeah. avocado oil yeah and then what you find out from the food industry is you need like just a, a tiny percentage that has to be you know whether it's labeled whole grain or like, I think it's for whole grain, it's like, it has to be like 51% whole grain. So you can have all the other shit grains in there and they can still package it as whole grain. It's the same thing across the board. Um, well, I think, it gets, well, I think it gets worse than that because I think like in cereals, they can advertise it as whole grain if they put in processed grain, but they add like the brand back in. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they can do all it's, kinds of sleight of hand yeah. tricks. And that's why I, I, I mean, we're screwed if we don't pay attention to what we're eating. And that's definitely why I, I stick to the whole foods. Like Yeah, right because whole foods, you don't have to look at the ingredients. There's no exactly. ingredients. It's like, a, you know, a piece of meat or a fish is a fish. That's uh, right. <laughs> broccoli, asparagus, artichokes, lettuce. It's lettuce. I mean, that's the ingredient, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't take, it's like, and that's the thing people don't understand. You know, and I lose people because the actual science is very complex and dynamic, right? There's a whole bunch of moving parts, but the actual execution is pretty darn simple. It is. It is. Um, it's like we were on the athlete call was on Wednesday and um, I, I was listening to you guys. And e even like when you start going into like carb counting and, yeah. and like how many grams of whatever, it's like, I don't do any of that. I just, right. I just eat until I'm full and then I'm like, okay, that's, that's it. That's all I need. But I make sure I get the right, the right food, get the right, you know, the right yeah. cruciferous vegetables, the right carbs, you know, the right protein. And so. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the guy who was asking about that and I was talking to quick, he, he's just, he's got that metric mind. He has to have yeah. a set thing. It's like, it doesn't, your body doesn't work that way. Your mind actually doesn't work that way. Your conscious mind does. But if you're trying to track all these things in a metric driven thing, you'll drive yourself nuts. Right. Absolutely. Right. And that's part of this whole lifestyle. It's like, I'll bet, like, how long have you and Cisco been together as a couple? Um, 10 years plus. Yeah. Ten year. Okay. So she probably notices the difference in your whole vibe since you got adapted, right? You're easier to get along with. Things don't. Yeah. I mean, I think I've always been pretty mellow about stuff, but yeah, definitely like, cause we, you know, we were together, we were do these marathons together. And then we just, I laugh about it because we would run a marathon and then we'd spend a day in the hotel room eating pizza. And we're like, we deserve this. And like, I was so broken. And now it's like, <laughs> I don't, 
I run a marathon on Saturday. Okay. And then I just like eat a regular, regular food. <laughs> so it's like how far we've come, I guess. But I mean, yeah. yeah. And we're, we're good. You know, once we get older, you start, you know, I, as a father too, and you know, I have kids and it's just, it's, it's hard because I look at the food that we grew up with and realize how much we were lied to. And now we have all this information saying what it is. And people still don't. We're still being lied to. We're still being lied to, but people are like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's just, you become so blase to it. You know, I mean, yeah. um, they, I laugh. recently they came out with this basically saying that, you know, yeah, extraterrestrials and UFOs are real. And everyone was like, all right. I'm like, my entire childhood was like unsolved mysteries and like, you know, what's out there. And then yeah. and now we have information and we're just like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, that's it. We're we're in Wally land here. Like no one cares. Everyone. Yeah, just, people have been they've not they've like, not just been dumbed down, they've been numbed down. Yeah, absolutely. So everything's become so desensitized, you know. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. amazing. And that's the thing. When you're living this life, you kind of get really cognizant of things around you, like your own body. And you're like, we were talking on that call about trusting your own body, but sure. also things around you. And it's like, for those of us who are doing this, it's like, we're seeing, we're being lied to. It's like, ah, yeah. and, and everybody else is like safe and effective, heart healthy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You can't believe anything you see on a label. You have to you have to do your due diligence on everything. Yeah. So yeah. and even what's unfortunate is even even the information that you get online nowadays, even that you have to be like, okay, I have to sift through what's what's right and what's wrong, what's facts, what's fake, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's there's so much exactly. And and but people have become like I say, just you know, not just dumbed down, but numb down. But also they just, the convenience of modern media, yeah. you know, whatever your your confirmational bias is, you'll just believe that stuff. And, and I don't know, I think that when you get like where you are or I am or say Jeff Brownie is, you get curious about the world. You wonder what more is out there. Like in your case, you know, you're doing all this stuff, but you decide you want to help others and start your own coaching business because, you know, coaching... You know, you're making it a business, but it's not it's not a it's not a get rich, have an IPO cash out yeah. type of thing. It's a it's a labor of love. And, you you know, you're, you're passionate enough about this that you want to help people and take things on and be curious. And, you know, like you always come to me for new advice and bounce ideas. And it's like it's kind of funny because. Like those of us who are doing this, we're just kind of still wanting to push the boundaries and what else is out there, right? And that's exactly how you're living your life in your sport is like you don't you rarely run a race twice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's a few yeah. local ones like Mogi on you've done a few times, yeah. but but most of the most of the big races, you you're a one and done kind of guy. Yep. Yeah. And that's it's the great to me, it's always been a great way to see the world, whether it's just in the US or going abroad. It's I think it's the best. There's, it's a huge, huge world out there. There's so much to see on your own two feet. And, you know, I don't want to be the guy just like staring at a magazine like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish I could go there. And like, I just, all I got to do is find a registration link, sign up for it. And then, and then I'll make it happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. You're, you're, 
you're you're opening up your 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 you're expanding your world you're constantly yeah. pushing and you're helping others expand their world and that's that's just like a a really a great thing that you're doing and and living you know and and so you know it's just like i don't know the, the whole lifestyle like the way you're living i'm just really i want that's why i wanted to have you on there is like people they have to experience the problem is is like you say we've been people have been lied to and this whole thing i'm doing a blog piece right now on on this whole thing that you know in the last couple of years with the newer formulations of gels and stuff the carbs are getting once again getting pushed like crazy at the high levels and then the inference and in all these articles is this is what the pros do this is what you need to be doing right yeah and, and i'm like this is madness people yeah. have no uh, no idea what this yeah. is and that that, that it's, it's not going to end well yeah you know people always ask me like well what did you take during the race that i tell them and they just stare at me like blank face i'm like that's that's it that's all that's all you had i'm like yeah yeah and, and worked out okay <laughs> well obviously i mean you're you're, yeah. you're you're crushing life right yeah trying so <laughs> no i don't think well you're not just trying you're doing <laughs> try not to let it crush me at times but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that's part. But that's part of the journey, and that's part of success. Is you got to be willing to put it out there to get crushed, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I look at. So I, I've been in this medical industry for over twenty years, and I kind of look at it in the next several years. I'd like to move on and do something else. Something obviously taking uh, my running and my coaching and kind of mashing that together. And yeah, I've seen people like lots of people like be quite successful just one of those guys who can kind of turn it into a business and um but i but I, this, i'm thinking years down the road so i'm keeping it small right now and growing um and learning i'm still learning at the same time um and you know financially i won't need need it once my kids are out of the house and uh, so yeah i can go out like even travel more and start li living on the road and um so I'm really excited about that. A little yeah, break, but I, I don't, I'll never give up like working. Like I'm just, I have to be doing something. No, um, I'm I, yeah. Like people, people have asked me about exit strategy. I say I have no exit strategy. This is I don't want to be chasing it in ten years. Yeah, like I am now. Yeah, because this has been a you know it's been a labor of love for professionally for the last fifteen years, and I started my adaptation journey in two thousand. Yeah, and so. Yeah. But it's like the epiphany I got when I started this, started actively making my day job in 2008. The epiphany I got working with people like John Olson and Jenny Capel and Roxanne Woodhouse and people who were just having horrendous GI issues and energy issues in their racing. Devin Crosby Helms was another um, runner. She was one of the first people. She was vegan. I got her off vegan. Yeah. you know and, and and it's like these are people including you or jeff that are, have these world-class capabilities and became my mission is like this is, this is i don't have an exit because you see what they're pushing and that's like the conventional science-based methodology and i'm looking at it from a biology standpoint physiology standpoint and what's happening to people trying to push that much sugar through their gut while they're trying to do physical activity. Sure. They're, they're just, it's like I keep saying, they're burning their, their, 
their rain, their internal digestive tract rainforest down and killing off the biome. And Jeff's a perfect example because, you know, he was not, he was considering giving up competitive ultra running in 2015. Yeah. You know, his, yeah. his candida yeah. and his GI stuff had gotten so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I've, you know, I've, I talked with Jeff and, you know, Jesse and those guys and stuff too on occasion. Like, I, I like figuring out how, because all of us do it a little bit different. And that's, that's yeah. the way it should be, right? I mean, we're right. all, we're all individuals. Stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, but I do like picking their brains on how they approach. I, I definitely go out a little bit more lean, I think, than, than Jeff does um, on my just, my usual runs like when i'm going out in the mountains and stuff like I'll, I'll bring calories with me but i like to see how far i can go like you know i'll go out i'll take a vespa ultra concentrate to start and then you know normally i'll go four or five hours and i won't take anything and then i'll start bringing bringing some stuff in towards the tail end and uh i'm like wow i can't believe i went that long now in a race i won't do that you know but it's good to know that like when I'm in that, in that deep wild and generally it's with heat, you know, when you can't keep like regular calories down, at least then I know I'm like, okay, my body is trained for this. I run with just Vespa all the time. Vespa salt, need... salt and water and you're good to go. That's right. So yeah, I think it's a huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, and fat adaptation is a huge advantage in the heat. Yeah, huge, huge advantage. Yeah. It's a secret weapon in the heat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's countless times over the last couple of years where I've just, just like, okay, it's so hot right now. I'm just turning it off, and I just don't eat, and I just go, and <laughs> and I just power through. You know, Western states is like that. Cocodona was like that. You know, just um, yeah. It was interesting because Tom Evans, who won Western States this year, you know, he was talking about he was pushing 120, 140 grams an hour. Yeah, like massive amounts. Yeah, but it it's also it was a cooler year. It was a cool year. It was a yeah. not just a cooler year. It was a cool year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was there a week later. If it that race had been one week later, he would have yeah. DNF'd. Yeah, that's a that's a totally different race than he for sure. Yeah, you know, and that's the th that's the thing is like, and I'm not trying to knock him. It's just you can't you you simply cannot push yeah. that kind of calorie intake in the heat. Yep. No, you can't. But yeah. but, but like I said, the you know my the reason this is something like you say you're not going to quit. You don't want to quit working, doing something, have a purpose. You know that was my thing is when I started to figure out on a physiological metabolic level what was going on, and it's just the rabbit holes just keep opening up sure about yeah. what's going on here and it's like you know this is you know maybe i'm going against the tide but it's like i don't you know it's like prove me wrong you know what i'm saying it's like 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 i'm not keto we're not keto, we're not in the keto camp because we know right. the limitations and and the limitations for performance there's also limitations on on optimal health you yeah can be healthy, quote unquote healthy in terms of the current pop general population comparatively on keto but can you be optimal healthy no same thing with the performance right yeah um, but the carb thing it's like they're pushing all these these expert people are pushing carbs like crazy and nobody wants to talk about the unintended consequences of doing this yeah 
Absolutely. Even though, even though the science is clear with the cardiovascular disease, the diabetes, the 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 type three diabetes, dementia, and yeah. and cancer, all these things now. I mean, the science has become really clear that too much sugar con consumption is a is yeah. a primary driver, and then the the chronic inflammation that goes with this. And yep. so that's it's why secret weapon that's that's killing everybody. It's just you know everything. Yeah. Since like even just in my generation, like growing up, I mean, the amount of sugar content that's being pushed into everybody your everyday living is just as I don't I don't know how much probably quadruples. I mean, it's oh, it's, it's, it's Peter. It's, I I got I don't know if you saw one of the latest vlogs. We have a, a twenty six minute video I did for a six month lead up to a hundred mile ultra or an Ironman. Yeah, just on just on the a conservative conventional sports diet and nutrition, it's 155 pounds of sugar. Yeah, that's that's insane. Right, <laughs> that's right. Insane and so it. the point of the thing is, okay, this, people don't realize that they don't realize carbs equal concentrated carbs equal sugar. Yeah. And, and so the point we're trying to make here is you don't have to go no sugar, no carbs. But if you cut out a third, that's 50 pounds of sugar. If you yeah. cut out half, that's 75 pounds of sugar. If you cut out two thirds, like say you, you've got 50 pounds of sugar to play with. That's plenty of strategic carbs for the performance end of things, right? Sure. Yeah. And it's, I think about the, you know, going from sugar camp to, you know, total like carnivore. I'm definitely, I wouldn't say in the middle, maybe a little bit more towards carnivore, but at the same time, I, I love vegetables. I think, you know, asparagus, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. I mean, like you like you like variety, right? Yeah, they're my usual rotation. I I throw in oh sweet potatoes or some regular potatoes on occasion. A like I got big efforts. Times, a little bit of right rice for a strategic carb once in a while. Yeah, I like I love sushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah sushi. Like I yeah. say, the, the the thing try try for your marathon. Two nights out, steak and baked potato. Night yeah. before. Two bowls of miso soup and sushi to satiation. Do not go yeah. overboard. Sushi. Yeah. <laughs> Don't break your bank account. Yeah. Just go because Stephen Losey, who's one of our athletes, he runs a lot of marathons, and he he over he go he said, "Oh man, the sushi was so good, I filled up, and it and it slowed him down, right?" But yeah. just enough yeah. sushi to get it, and and that I think you'll find that to be a really good combination. Yeah. You get that resistant starch to top your carb and glycogen stores off, and yeah, you, my, you get. My go-to is always uh, like a ribeye, and I make these potatoes at home where I sort of like my old Nana's recipe, but they're like small little golden potatoes, and I boil them for about 20 to 30 minutes, and then I roast them with the- That's what we had when I was at your house. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that's, no, yeah. we had that ribeye, and we had the potatoes with the vegetables yeah. in them. That's my go-to so before yeah. So yeah, load it with some sour cream or something. Yeah. Yep, yep. But do that, do that two nights out, and then do the miso soup and sushi the night before early. Yeah, I'll and you'll be because I found that the big protein meal can slow you down a little bit. Yeah, but you get that poor man's blood doping from the heme iron and the ribeye. You get all that stuff, but if you do it two days out, you're fine. But and and then that sushi just really allows yeah. you to go, and you get the sodium bolus from the miso soup and. It's, it's I, kind of I have a, a hard time slowing down on sushi, though. That's <laughs> well. That's why I said that's that's going. why I said that's why I said just have enough to satiation because I've got the same problem. I can't afford sushi, 
Yeah. So, you know, it's like I can go through $200 of sushi without batting an eye. It's like, yeah, I'll get by fine on 60 or $70 of sushi. Yeah. I think, oh, did we go, we went to sushi restaurant with Nick and, uh, yeah, all you yeah, can eat was, sushi and yeah. Jeff. Yeah. And they looked at us like, please leave. <laughs> I, know. And plates. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I <laughs> know. They're like, we're going to get kicked out of there. <laughs> yeah i know yeah and, and that's the thing that and that's the other thing about it is, is we have the flexibility to do that right yeah yeah so you you like variety you're 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 like me you'll eat anything yeah you'll try anything yeah sure. what what did you eat when you would would you eat when you went through that market with all the food vendors man um i have to think back now i think i start off with something like a something like a sausage roll but then i saw some like I saw a donut. I'm like, I haven't had a donut in like well, they a year and a half or whatever. And then <laughs> they got like, Indonesian food and oh, yeah. Indian it was food. Just, it, it literally was like whatever looks good. I was just, I think I had like eight meals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, and, and well, and that's the thing. You're you're living it, and that's why I wanted to have is like people. People need to understand you're not giving up anything because you, when you build that metabolic capacity, get that inflammation down, the occasional hit of less than optimal lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, I like to, you know, I can be strict when I need to be. And if, if I have a big race coming up, like definitely, you know, I'm, I'm strict with it, but same thing with drinking alcohol. That's, you know, I like, I like whiskey, but like I'll cut it out like leading up to a race and everything and um i think it's just like everything in life it's if you you have everything in moderation it's going to work out well it's like you said earlier you know you become so sensitized to everything that even though we're just now saying you, you can have whatever you want on occasion you know whether it's social or things work out or whatever it's sort of you sort of auto correct rather than fall off the wagon yeah 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 you know, everything it's it's so easy instant gratification now it's so easy to get everything like i mean you could you could just be oh, i just don't want to do this tonight i don't want to cook and like foods at your door in 10 minutes and right. probably not something good because you probably went online to grubhub and you're like just flipping through the screen and you're like oh it looks good whatever and then you like you broke you know you're breaking down and yeah so i just think you know it's have a treat every now and again but just try and you know like you can't go wrong with just whole foods you know i stay yeah. off the grains <laughs> yeah 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 i mean you know it's not like you don't have them but that but you kind of stay away from them yeah 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 and, I, and jeff has to stay away from them because of his candida yeah um, yeah i know you you do more vegetables he does more fruit um yeah you know and everybody's yeah. a little different you know so it's 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 good and Anything else you can say about, you know, the life you're living right now that you can recommend to others? Because, you know, everybody should be living their life. It's individual. Like we're all the same. We're all different. But getting that foundation physiology back to where it needs to be, where you burn fat, just has a whole bunch of implications beyond just the performance. Yeah. I mean, you know, life in general is hard. Everything, it should be hard. I mean, races are hard. You know, you, you have to be challenged. You have to be able to to fight through these things. And you have to you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need to do this. I need to you need to make changes if, you know, 
if you want if you want to make a change to OFM, you have to just like wake up and say, okay, I can do this. I did it. I'm just I was just an average guy that was just suffering through, you know, miserable stomach aches during races, like a lot of people. And I was like, bonking. I keep, yeah, I was like, I don't want to keep doing this anymore. And then finally made a change, and then I just never looked back because once I I took a month and I just dedicated myself to like it's one month out of my life i'm gonna do the diet i'm gonna do the the, the regimen metabolic reset metabolic yep. reset yep yep and uh then after i had like my first like two races after that just went so well i was like okay this is it like, why why would i go back and you know there's a lot of haters out there and a lot of people that don't understand it but it's like it makes total sense you know i don't if you if you were sitting at home on the couch, you wouldn't sit there and just be drinking Coca Cola all day, like you were at a race. Yeah, you're you're running, but you're still throwing that sugar in your body. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's got to go somewhere first before you piss it out. So it's like it's it's no your body doesn't see it. It's what's coming in, what's going out. It doesn't matter if you're running. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're putting it in your body. So that's the way you got to look at it. It can't distinguish between you know one sugar from the next sugar sugar you know right and there's a there's a place for it like at the end of a big race when you're starting to have fatigue sets in you know your cortisol is going up you're going to run on more sugar well yeah. you know uh, uh swigs of coke can be magic right absolutely that's rocket fuel you know yeah. the last the last 10 miles of a race that's when i hit it you know throw some down and uh i never never drink coca-cola by itself but man, ice cold Coca Cola, like towards yeah. the end, it's it's it never tasted so good, and I understand why people were ticked to do it because <laughs> it's like wow. But yeah, but just yeah, my eyes just dilate and I'm just like rocket time. Let's go. Yeah, well, you're you're certainly rocket time. Let's go in every aspect of your life. So, um, and you're 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 coaching now. Do you have uh, slots or? Yeah, I've got probably two slots right now uh, i keep it at 15 athletes total so that's as much as i can handle with with work and i'm very hands-on too I, I do have some athletes from out of state that i work with um and whenever they're in state i'm always happy to help pace crew that sort of thing uh, and then even the my athletes in state i'm trying to find time to run with them either going down to phoenix flag wherever they are pacing so i, I like to definitely more hands-on and like, well, that's great. You can do that. Yeah. So most of your most of your athletes are are Phoenix Flagstaff runners. Yeah, it's a mix. I've got I've got some in California, Tennessee, uh, just kind of all, right. all over. So, yeah, Colorado. Yeah, it's getting, so, getting out there. <laughs> is it is it eight more miles dot com eight with a number eight eight more miles coaching dot com eight yep. more miles coaching dot com with an yep. eight yep. more miles coaching dot yep. com. Yep. If you Google me, you'll probably you'll probably find it. Yeah, and and, and J Peter's a OFM coach, and and he he's 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 gone through the process himself, gotten the experience, uh, knows the ins and outs, and he also knows to contact us if he has a question. Yep. Get that. Always, I always say, always learning. Like yeah, I, I, you know, in all facets of life, always kind of picking the brain and you know seeing what Dude. better and you know. Dude, you know, you know me, I go through down a lot of rabbit holes and it's like, the more I learn, the less I know. 
It's like yeah. every question I have, I get an answer for it, leads to a half dozen more questions. And it's just like on and on and on. So yeah. I, I love doing it, but it's just, it, it can be overwhelming sometimes. But sure. that's, that's, that's what I'm, you know, I do the deep dive so you guys don't have to. <laughs> appreciate that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. well you know i'm I'm, pr I'm i'm really pleased because you know you're you're showing people what this what this can do for a working person i mean you're you're no different how old are you now uh two. 42 yep. you're no different than any other 42 year old working stuff i mean jeff was lucky enough that ofm turned his career around right so yeah, he went yeah. from being a, a a racer who was doing creative design to now he's doing full-time coaching yep. yeah yeah and and so but you're you're so you know when you're full-time coaching you have a little bit more leeway to kind of focus on your training whereas you're you're the working guy like professional level working guy yeah it's got to make it work and, and so you well, know, what what i hope for is down the road is when, when we're on the road i'll be able to visit my clients you know driving through get to run right. the trails with them and again keep that hands-on approach I, I really like that so okay see and that's more of living the life you're living that you're you're actually living the life it's not about the money it's not about the fame it's about yeah that interaction with with the environment with people absolutely and, and just living fully and that's what i really admire in you and and um what do you got on the horizon for next year what's your horizon hard rock if you get in yeah, all lottery races right now. I was, oh, I was looking at today. Uh, I, I'm uh, in the lottery for Ultra Trail Mount Fuji in April, uh, Tour de Jean in September. That's going to be my A race if I can if I can get in. Um, and then Hard um, Rock if you get in. Yeah, Hard Rock, and then uh, out marathon. I'm going to put in for that in Alaska. <laughs> oh, <God. So. laughs> I mean, then and obviously you'll be picking up some other races, probably local races sure. there Aravampire yeah. and pacing yeah. people yeah yeah I, i'll uh, i'll definitely throw in some other like secure races in there but right now i'm trying to keep those months open just because i mean there are races abroad so i, I definitely want to ha have that time open for traveling and that sort of thing so cool cool yeah. what do you what do you and cisco got planned for the house and and life and stuff you guys doing anything interesting got hopefully nothing on the house not more this year spend you, you, you guys do a lot you guys put a lot of sweat equity into it too right you're not just writing checks you're yeah 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 i mean we've from our house in phoenix and just we've built uh the backyard quite a bit in the and uh our front side yard we worked on that a lot this summer and fall so it's it's gotten to the point now where it's it's cold and we're like calling it for the rest of the year so next year we'll continue on on that side but we don't really have a lot to do in the house i feel like that's something you can always be doing always be doing something in your house some always gonna be breaking or something you know being the joys of a homeowner uh, yeah yeah you got a, you got a spare bedroom or couch i can crash on if i come up there oh sure yeah absolutely okay. yeah <laughs> yeah I, so yeah we're we're hoping that you know in a couple of years we can we can get going and this will be a nice home base for us but um up until then just got to keep keep plugging away all right well plugging away and living life to the fullest yeah yep thanks very <laughs> right. much peter this has been a great um great conversation and hopefully people can relate to it and once again eight more miles coaching.com 
Uh, yeah. If you're interested with working with Peter on ultra trail running, that's his specialty, especially the big distances. And like he said, you know, this is a good place to go. You know, life is hard and, and we've made it too convenient for people. And it's and it's showing in terms of what society is going through right now. It's like people need to know they got to put in the work. They got to put in the effort. They got to think. Yep. Yep. You know, I think coaching plans are great because it holds you accountable. You know, if you're paying for something, you should follow through on it. Like many things on life, you know, whether it's a gym membership, you know, you just, you got to follow through. Yeah, there's got to be accountabilities. Like I say, in today's world, everybody's got rights. Nobody wants responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, you got to have that. And, you know, you don't, you don't fake a hundred, right? No, no, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. You can't fake life. And everybody's trying to fake life today. Because like I say, whether whether people realize it or not, we're, we're all signed up for that one ultra yeah. endurance event called life out there. Yeah, it's the longest one. Or you yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and you want to make it as long as you can. Yeah. And so it does take accountability. It does take effort and thought and and, and support and teamwork, right? You do it on your own, but you, you know, we're all here to help each other on our journey. So um, I'm glad I've been able to help you and you've been able to help us and you're helping others. And we're going to, we're going to keep, keep rolling with this. So thanks, Peter. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're welcome.